Hello and welcome to The Other Marthas, the show where a drama student and a film graduate try to make sense of things we wish we were qualified in instead, with an emphasis on history, mystery and all things morbid. A quick disclaimer before we get started, we don't claim to be experts in any of the things we'll be talking about, so while everything we say will be based on individual research, it's all a bit of fun and we suggest that you take everything we say with a pinch of salt. I'm Martha, I'm the drama student. And I'm The Other Martha, the film graduate. So Martha, what are we talking about today? Well, today is a cursed episode of the podcast. Excellent. Oh yeah. Because because it's the 13th episode. Du, 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 du. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I thought I would educate you on some of the superstitions surrounding the number 13 and also the day, Friday the 13th. That's brilliant. I'm excited. I've been very excited about uh, today's episode. Yeah. Can I ask you before I get into the like um official knowledge yeah that i'm about to impart (laughs) official state secrets yes (laughs) do you remember that time when we were at school and a certain teacher fell off the stage (laughs) on friday the 13th whilst telling everyone that we don't need to be superstitious about friday the 13th yes i do and the thing is it was so clearly an accident like it wasn't like she'd staged it it was just (laughs) would they (laughs) no true (laughs) <laughs> I felt a bit bad for them though because it was just well, yes you would yeah that's true but it's just not what you <laughs> want to happen when you're making that speech this year in fact I've looked up there was a Friday the 13th in March and there's yeah. going to be a Friday the 13th in November when mm. I looked this up I immediately thought oh I wonder what day and date that is because I'm stupid <laughs> On with the knowledge. Mm. It's going to be slightly different because we've got two history tales and then surrounding just some fun facts about Friday the 13th. Brilliant. So, on with the facts. Mm. Okay, so there are some theories as to why the number 13 is believed to be so cursed. Mm. Um, I have found... A lot of reasons why 12 is not cursed. So in the West, 12 is associated with completeness. Ah. Um, 12 days of Christmas, 12 months, 12 labours of Hercules, 12 gods of Olympus, 12 tribes of Israel. And the belief is... 12 apostles? Yes. And because the belief is so... Like, the belief is that 12 is perfect, mm. so 13 ah, must be bit... evil. Yeah. So there's this thing called the Code of Hammurabi, mm-hmm. which is basically the like oldest record that we have of people writing down laws and the consequences for if you break the laws. Ah. Um, and so it's like a, a little legal system from 1750 BCE. Mm-hmm. So a long time ago. And it's carved yeah. in stone. 1750 they, BCE? Yes! Jesus Christ! They omitted the 13th rule. <gasps> oh! And you know how people are about like Mayans and like ancient civilizations yeah. and like well if they they had like a secret knowledge so people think that this is one of the reasons why 13 is unlucky other people think that they were carving in stone and <laughs> so missed it and then there was nothing they could yeah. do because they carved in stone so just went from 12 to 14 yeah interesting um so, so interesting though or maybe they did like an amendment and the 13th rule used to be like oh yeah, I know sex is bad and then they realise actually you need sex to keep producing life and so they went oh let's just let's retcon 13 so that, and then no. so that people wouldn't get confused they just they didn't shift it up a number you know that's all of the information I have as to why mm. um, but I do talk a little bit about Christians in a bit but I want to <laughs> tell you more about omitting the number 13 mm-hmm. so many hotels and like skyscrapers especially in new york don't have a 13th floor (gasps) either they call the 13th floor like what would be the 13th floor they call it 12b 14a and then 14b just 14 or m which is the 13th letter in the latin alphabet right 
um, or they close the floor to public access so it's not on any of the elevators and have it as like a tech floor. Oh my god, that seems like an extreme length to go to for a superstition. Like, someone yes. will live, there's a lot of homeless people, someone will want to live on floor 13 of your skyscraper. Yeah. You know, that's so odd. The other thing that they do is sometimes they change the name. Like, I think in um, one of Trump's towers, it's called the mezzanine floor. Oh, yeah. Um, or like, they'll call it the pool floor. Or <laughs> even, and this is much further, because... In all of those buildings, they've built a normal skyscraper and then they've just changed the name. Yeah. Or put like the electrics plant in a slightly different place to accommodate mm. for it, which still needs to be there. <laughs> this is where it, like, it's too extreme. Sometimes on those apartments, they combine the 13th floor with either the 12th or the 14th floor. And inside oh. the apartments, people have staircases. I see. So then there is no... It's like a two-floor apartment on 12, so that then it... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, okay. Uh, It's just so dramatic, in my opinion. Very odd. This is mostly done because of, big word alert, triskaidecophobia. Triskaidecophobia! I know about triskaidecophobia! Well, all I know about it is that it's fear of the number 13, so I should have realised that's what you were going to say. Yeah. But yeah! (laughs) Yay! Martha knows a word! Woohoo! so this can either be from the building owner, the builders, or people being like, oh, people don't like the number 13, so we'll do it for customers. Anticipating other people's triskaidecophobia. Pretty commonplace within the US, and around 85% of Otis elevators uh, did not have a 13th floor uh, mm. in a survey from 2002. Blimey. I yeah. feel like also, superstitions tend to be more, I don't know if they're more common, but maybe take it more seriously in the US than they are in the UK. I feel like we're generally more cynical. I don't know. Fun side note about this. <laughs> in China, it's a common practice that the number four is mm. skipped in buildings because it's pronounced similarly to the word death in Mandarin. <gasps> oh. Yeah. So fun fact for you. Interesting. And it's now banned to do any floor skippage in Vancouver because they were worried that the emergency services might not be able to get to the right floor. Right. Yeah. So that makes sense. My fun little fact about hotels. So next time, listener, you're in a hotel, whenever that may be, or Mm. just a various skyscraper, let us know if you spy this phenomenon. (laughs) Yeah, that's so interesting. I also read that apparently in New York, when the, skyscra- when the skyscrapers were being built, they said that you can't build higher than the 13th floor. Not because of like danger, just because it will look ugly, but no one oh. listened and now New York is the way it is. Yeah. So, well, you know. <laughs> On to the Christians. Yeah. Christianity and the number 13. Because of old Judas, there is some superstition superstition <laughs> there is some superstition that Very having superstition. Sir... Shh. sorry because of judas there is some superstition about having 13 guests to your dinner party ah. because there were 13 guests at the last supper and when 13 dine the first to rise will be the first to die i think that's what Professor Trelawney says in Harry Potter at some point. So okay, there we are. Well, I don't know where she gets it, but I think that is a thing. I couldn't even tell you who that is, but I'm happy for you. All right. Um, so because of this superstition of 13 people, it was like pretty common that when people were organising dinner parties, they would make sure that there was no chance that only 13 people would be there. And in the late 1800s, there was this lad called Captain William William Fowler, Great. who was from New York, mm. and he founded the 13th Club, um, mm. which is like such a me thing to do. When I yes. tell you about this, you'll know I would have done it. Right. Um, they would dine on the 13th of every <laughs> month. They would have a 13th course dinner. Wow. Uh, and they would dine in the 13th room of this um like bar that um Fowler owned. Mm. So they were just kind of playing with like risk. Yeah. 
Yeah. I would also like hope there were 13 diners because yeah, like, otherwise that's really stupid, William. Missing a trick. But um, it just feels like such a me thing because when other people are like really scared of something, I'm like, hey, I'm going to tempt it. Yeah. Like as I a think... child um, in a lightning storm at primary school, all of the children around me were frightened that the lightning was going to hit the school and kill everyone. And I said, you don't need to worry, look. And I stood up on my chair and I shouted, strike me down, lightning. And then lightning hit my school. Did it? I I didn't know that bit of the story. I knew that you'd done the lightning thing. I didn't realise you made it happen. Yes, I beckoned Thor. I tempted him and he 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 was seduced. He didn't get me though, so it's fine. Yeah, true. They did this. They would also walk under a ladder that held a <laughs> banner that said um, "Mortuity Salutamus." Sorry, I'm not Latin-ish, <laughs> and they—that means those of us who are about to die salute you. Um, wow! So they were just having a wonderful time, and also there were some presidents that were part of this club. Mm. So. It's, it sounds like a fun party. It does, as in, as in some presidents of uh, countries America. or states. Or, wow, okay. Yeah, I think like um, I think Roosevelt was in it, and then some of the ones that I'd never heard of, so soz to those It guys. does, like, I very much understand, and I think it's a very human thing to um, kind of enjoy safely tempting fate. Like, that's why we like roller coasters and Ouija boards and what have you. But at the same time... The fact that specifically a lot of presidents were members of that kind of makes me um, slightly worry about kind of their decision making in terms of, oh, you know, we could, we maybe shouldn't do this, but but wouldn't it be fun to see what would happen if we did? Well, I think it was probably more a symbol of being like, I'm an intelligent man. Yeah, I don't believe any of the superstitions rather than being like, oh, let me summon a demon. I guess, (laughs) yeah, I guess it would be more worrying if they were like, hmm, now this button might detonate nuclear <laughs> weapons or it might not. I'm going to go for it anyway. Rather than if they're drawing a pentagram, it's just like, well. They're I mean, just having fun. Yeah, exactly. So um, another thing with Christianity and mm. our theme is apparently a lot of bad things happened for Christians on Fridays. Oh. Um, so... Obviously, Jesus died on Friday. Though he was a Jew. Famously. Yes, I know, but Christians as a religion. That's true. He, like, his death kind of happened to them as well, I guess. Pretty, yeah. pretty big time. Um, yeah. Adam and Eve ate the fruit from the Tree of Knowledge, apparently on a Friday. <laughs> I didn't know that. And Cain killed Abel, also yeah. apparently on a Friday. I'm not sure how this was worked out. Um, so don't put too much weight on it but apparently all of those things happen on Fridays yeah well those are some bad things yeah so uh, following on from Friday the 13th being unlucky for Christians Mm. I want to tell you about why Friday the 13th was a bad day for the Knights Templar great so welcome to our first historical voyage i can't wait the knights templar (laughs) (laughs) it's a good start to any story (laughs) (laughs) were founded in 1118 ad wow okay they were a monastic military order which would guard pilgrims on their journey to the holy land following the christian invasion and capture of Jerusalem mm-hmm. which happened in the first crusade so that's a little bit of backstory for our lads by the 14th century the Knights Templar had a system of castles churches and banks throughout western Europe I now set our scene 1307 oh. Pope Clement V is chatting with Templar Grandmaster Jacques de Molay in France. Classic. And Jacques is all like, hey, (laughs) this guy who we kicked out of the Knights Templar is going around saying 
that we're doing loads of bad things and we're not mm. so because you're the pope can you help us and clement is all like yeah of course i'll help you i'll right. write to the king oh that's nice yeah so clement writes a letter to the king saying hey philip the fourth because that's who he is um hey philip the fourth apparently all of these um the knights templar who we all love are being accused of bad things um can you help out hmm. so um <laughs> what they were being accused of initially were um sexual rituals and black magic ah <laughs> yeah um <laughs> so philip gets this letter and he's like hmm yeah i don't believe this to be true of the knights templar they seem like pretty good lads apart from well no he he thinks they're good lads right and he's like yeah whatever but philip owes the knights templar because they own lots of banks he mm. owes them lots of money ah. because they basically funded his war with england right philip decides <laughs> that he's now found a brilliant way out of his debt ah he writes back to clement and says i believe that the knights templar are doing black magic and sex rituals so you need to prosecute them this is a clever guy to be fair that's i see how this yeah, will help him but imagine being clement and getting that reply and being like oh no oh, if i didn't write to him <laughs> i've made things so much worse it was just a guy yeah. and now it's the king yeah <laughs> also like i want to let you guys know that this is from 1307 so like if i've got some details wrong yeah come at me fair, if you've got boys. some details wrong like who's gonna know it was 1307 well like there might be some templar historians maybe are listening in which case um let me know in the comments what i got wrong i'd i'd love to <laughs> yeah, please <laughs> please um so dawn Friday the 13th of October, 1307. Philip orders the arrest of Jacques de Molay and loads of other Templars. And the arrest warrant said, God is not pleased. We have enemies of the faith in the kingdom. Mm. So they're all arrested. Loads of them. Wow. And then other claims started coming out about the Knights Templar saying that during initiation recruits were forced to spit on the cross oh renounce Christ <laughs> and then here's a fun a fun way of wording something engage in indecent kissing <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. always quite sweet yeah indecent well, kissing yeah um worship idols and also apparently um they were encouraged to be with other men okay i like that that's um, separate from indecent kissing yeah i don't know whether the indecent kissing was that they had to kiss other men or whether it was like they had to like make out a bit which no one knew about at the time so yeah. they were like Ooh! yeah maybe or, or or maybe it was indecent kissing like of you know statues of the virgin mary or something oh, maybe. which would yeah, be quite indecent point. yeah that would be indecent so um i want to talk about the worship of the idols because i <laughs> found out that as far as i can tell the idol was apparently a severed and mummified head called baphomet which right. scholars now think might have been the head of john the baptist <laughs> <laughs> because apparently these like night guys found they were like looking in their old temples and just found a head such an old order and they just found john the baptist's head and were, or were like worshipping it but like you know, it. that's brilliant that's lies. like that's like finding you know a little puppet in the attic and making it your mascot for your hockey team or something i know like, people do that like on university channel well no i know they do that's why it's so weird because it's that's like a very contemporary yeah. thing to do and be like oh yes, this is bob la, 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 la. it's a, they did it with a head. severed head and went yeah Baphomet. yeah which apparently is now like um is sort of i don't know whether it probably was along the same 
they probably ran parallel but baphomet's also the name of like a pagan god and like yeah. in various other like wiccan religions and pagan right. religions um is a god and so i think that people had heard that and then when they were being like oh i've i've got a story about the knights templar they mm. like put that name onto an apparent severed head um but what actually happened was they were charged with financial corruption fraud and secrecy and many of the templars confessed to charges like the first charges that were weird like spitting mm. on a cross and renouncing christ mm. and also to the fini- financial corruption stuff right. under torture ah so we don't believe them no so then philip was all like hey clement uh you need to be harder on these templars because clement is like friends with um Jacques. so like anyway philip is a bit of a douchebag really and he could have been like well you know what i'll drop the charges on a hefty fine of Mm -hmm. this amount that i owe you lovely nice yeah. bit of business under the rug he also could like... have literally said to the knights templar he could have been like um okay obviously we all know that you've that i've arrested you guys because i owe you money if yeah. you say there's no debt i won't kill you all but no yeah. um so clement issues a papal bull on the 22nd of november 1307 instructing all christian monarchs in europe to arrest the templars and seize their assets as in take all their money and give it to philip Mm. um clement then was like okay i've done this but can we please redo the trials without the torture evidence and we can ask the guys again hey was this true because (laughs) when they weren't being tortured the men were like okay well i said i spat on the cross but i didn't it was just that someone was was pulling my toenails out. out yeah and i I like my toenails so i said i spat on the cross yeah so um philip was like no we're not doing it without torture Um, and he used the old forced confessions and then had dozens of templars burnt at the stake in paris jesus christ i know because they asked him for help and and he owed them money yeah yeah, just never a lender or a borrower be. Blimey, or just just never a massive prick be. Like he, <laughs> <laughs> the lending and the borrowing really isn't the the worst thing going on here. <laughs> yeah. You know. So then, um, Clement was further threatened by Philip with military action, and he issued an order for the Knights Templar to disband. Right. And that was the end of the Knights Templar. Jesus Christ. Was this Philip IV of Spain or was he the French? France. I am not familiar with this guy. Um, and I don't well, like him on first impression. That's so true. Like, There's not a lot of reason why I would be. Who cares? <laughs> you know, overall, I think not a, not a fun bloke from what you've told me. No, probably not. Friday the 13th in pop culture. In 1907, the novel Friday the 13th by Thomas William Lawson was published, which is about a New York City stockbroker using people's superstition around Friday the 13th to make money on Wall Street. Ah, I didn't know that. Yeah, which, can I just say, a lot of these are around New York. Mm. Um, like a lot of my small facts. Yeah, the reason I looked confused was because I thought that it was published in 1970 in my uh, mind so then when i read 1907 i was like really that's, but I yeah it yeah no that is old yeah fair enough um and then we're on to probably the most famous um version of content around friday the 13th the horror movie right, friday the 13th from 1980 um which is if nobody knows about a creepy guy called jason who wears a hockey mask and murders teenagers by a lake. Mm. I've never seen it. Have you? Neither have I. No. Oh, okay. uh, they reference it in the horror movie Scream um, and make it sound like great fun. Um, oddly. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, 
but but I don't know that another horror movie is necessarily the review to go off. But I no, tend to I've... find horror movies quite funny just because they're very ridiculous and horror and comedy are very, very kind of easily yeah. married. Yes, but... I, um, I haven't watched the actual film, but I've watched playthroughs of the games that are the Ooh. spin-offs of the film. So I have what, do some... you, what do you play as? Do you play as Jason? You can play either as campers or as Jason and it's still Oh, that's disturbing enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, um, so I looked a bit into to see if I could find what inspired um, the film. Mm-hmm. And the director says that he saw how popular, I can't remember what horror film it was, I think maybe Halloween. He saw how popular another horror film was and wanted some money and so did a horror film right that was what he said inspired it was money right and Um, halloween makes sense as one that might inspire it because it's another like oh here's a spooky date ah yeah Yeah. so um that's disappointing yeah (laughs) there is there 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 isn't a true story that the director was inspired by Mm. however There is a true story that people have often linked to the film Friday the 13th and believe it to be inspired by. Mm -hmm. And therefore, I'm going to tell you the story of the Lake Bodum murders. Ooh, okay. Finland. Saturday, June 4th, 1960. You'll notice, not Friday the 13th. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say. Notably not. um, No, but you'll... Okay. Give it time. I trust you. Okay. You should trust me. I'm very trustworthy. (laughs) Good. (laughs) Good. Okay. So we shouldn't be laughing. It gets dark. Oh no. Um, Okay. Yeah. Well, it's murder. Most of them aren't jovial. I assume. (laughs) So uh, four teenagers set up camp on the shore of Lake Bodum, having traveled there on motorbikes. Oh, very Um, cool. Yeah. There only two motorbikes. So there were two 15-year-old girls. Um, this is in Finland, and they have quite Finnish names. And so I apologise for my pronunciation. I watched a Finnish person pronounce them, but that was yesterday, and, you know, things <laughs> change. Um, so one of the girls is named... <laughs> Malia. No, Lovely. wrong. Wrong already. Malia Emily. Bjordikland and that's her name and the other girl why are you laughing? She has Dickland in her name She doesn't <laughs> I pronounced it wrong <laughs> <laughs> Okay let me try again Alright <laughs> Okay go on Mylia Emily Bjorkland <laughs> That is fine. That's a fine name. That's fine. No dick. Let's move. There is a great name later on. And you will love it. And you're allowed to laugh at this one. Um, Then we have... (laughs) It's just a pause between the names. As I try to remember how this Finnish girl said it. I was doing fine as well. And then Are you reading your book? No, I'm not. I'm just holding it. Um, If anyone's interested, it's called... If you really knew me, would you like me? Um, as you were, the murders. As I was. Her name, the other 15, 15-year-old girl, is called Anya Tulikimaki. <laughs> and... <laughs> Stop laughing at the Finnish names! <laughs> one of them, one of them turns out didn't, but sounded like she had dickland in her name. This one's called Likimaki. <laughs> <laughs> it's awful. Stop laughing at the dead I'm children. I'm so sorry. Oh god, they're dumb. Yep. Off you go. More, more children. And their 18-year-old boyfriends, mm-hmm. which w- weird age gap. Yeah. I'm not for it. Um. So one of them was called Nils Wilhelm Gustafsson. Lovely. And the yeah. other one. Yeah. And the yeah, other ready. one is called. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> What's the other one called? Go on. Seppo Anterio Boisman. <laughs> all right. All right. There we are. All we of those very the I'm sorry I have Because they all 
they all seem to have three names <laughs> and they're all very Finnish names. <laughs> very um, multiple polysyllabic. Mm. So there's not a lot of plot to this one. Mm-hmm. Um, they were attacked, stabbed and bludgeoned at around 4 to 6 a.m. on Sunday the 5th of June. Oh dear. I'm not going to go into detail about their injuries. You can find it online if you're interested, but I think stabbing and bludgeoning gives you the general idea. Yeah. So Gustafsson, this is Nils, um, was the only survivor and had fractures to his jaw and face and had also been stabbed. And he claims that he saw the attacker Mm. dressed in red and black and he saw the attacker come towards them. Mm-hmm. So that's what he says. Um, then at 6 a.m., some bird watching boys <laughs> claim, which is like so wholesome in like that's... crimes from the 60s. There's always some wholesome boys. Yeah, Not I always, agree. They're often. like, well, to be fair, like nowadays it's always the runners and the dog walkers, isn't it? It's always some poor, blameless soul just trying to live a healthy lifestyle and they come yeah. across a corpse. I was walking the other day in some woods near my house and <laughs> I could smell what? Did you find a corpse? Go on. No, I could oh. smell like a bad smell. Oh and no. And I was like, am I about to find a corpse? <laughs> oh god. But no. No. I, I do that sometimes and we I, I I generally am sort of okay with it because I don't know, my perception of finding corpses is less creepy and more like, oh, this is a step in the right direction. Like once you find a body you can sort of find justice and yeah 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 Yeah. oh yeah yeah no it's not that it's just like like an old corpse i'm fine with finding i would Mm. not want to find a fresh corpse because then the murderer might be nearby and get you true so anyway so these bird watching boys claim that they saw (laughs) just bird watching boys just keep going on a really giggly mood which is so inappropriate for this story it's so inappropriate (laughs) for this story um claim that they saw the tent was collapsed and a blonde man walking away okay so the bodies were then discovered at 11 a.m by a father and son who were planning on swimming at the lake oh god i feel like i something about the bird watching boys and the father and son makes me feel like i've heard this maybe in like a compilation of brief I don't know, murders on YouTube? You know how they do that sometimes? Is it a mystery? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, yes, it is a mystery. Right, I think it was in one of those, mm, here's ten unsolved murders, but really small ones videos. Yeah. Um, so the police turn up mm-hmm. and they conclude that the teenagers had been attacked through the walls of the tent oh, with God. a knife and a blunt object, maybe rocks, which is so scary. Like yeah. they're just stabbing into the tent. God. Um, the murder weapons have never been found. Wow. The killer also took several items which puzzled the detectives. Um, for example, keys to the motorbikes, but did not take not the, the motorbikes. motorbikes. And also, Gustafsson's shoes were found buried 500 metres away. Yes, no, I have heard this, because that's weird. I can kind of, the motorbike thing makes some sense in that, I guess, if you're not going to check that everyone's dead, then you want to make sure that they can't, like, go for help until you're True. well away. Um, yeah, I suppose so. If you want to just do, like, frenzied stabbing into a tent and then Exactly. Run. What you want is the stabbing as opposed to the death, and then you're like, well, I'll just make sure that... If you just want to do the stabbing and not the actual murder, why don't you just put, put up a tent that you don't like, fill nice it pinata. with memory foam or whatever, and stab into it? Yeah, generally That's preferable to solution. murder. Generally, yeah. So, um, yeah. Most situations. So the police didn't close off the crime scene and it soon became very trampled. Uh. And to make matters worse, they then called in soldiers to find the missing objects which is so weird to me because you're just like looking for like i don't know a sock in the woods instead of looking for a murderer but okay that's really odd yeah it was weird and also why um, would you call in i mean i guess if there's like a really wide expanse of woodland and you're like there's no way we can search this in time but i don't know i mean soldiers aren't gonna 
necessarily follow forensic like CSI procedure, are they? Because that's not what they're trying to do. So if they do find the sock, it's like, well, that's not going to help you now. Yeah, especially not in 1960. Yeah, true. What are they doing? Because, reminder, DNA didn't come in until 1986? Yeah, it's so surprisingly recent. Yeah, I was so proud of my little memory, though, when in the last episode, when I was When I was talking about it and you were like, no, no. It's the 80s. Yeah. I studied it. Um, I think at GCSE, so. Very cool. So, um, Bjorklund, who was Gustafsson's girlfriend, was murdered the most brutally and mm. was found lying on top of the tent, undressed from the waist down, and she'd oh, been stabbed multiple God. times after death. Oh. Um, and Gustafsson was also found lying on top of the tent. Hmm. That's so, so weird. That, but but these people were still all stabbed through the tent, but then the person had removed them from the tent or they'd gone out of the tent. And it's so odd. I don't know. Yeah. But that brings us to our suspects. Mm. So, suspect number one is Vladimir Gilstrom who was a local kiosk keeper Mm. and was known to be hostile to campers. Mm. Um, Townspeople said that Gilstrom was violent and would cut down tents and throw rocks at people who were camping. It's not a good um, promotional image. No. Um, He also... Oh, so some people have also claimed that they saw him coming back from the murder scene but were too frightened to tell the police. That seems, you know, like a blatant lie, but you never know. Yes, that seems to me, like people that live next to a guy who is aggressive and have decided they want to pin something on him. Yeah. Because like, what? Yeah. (laughs) So in um, general, it's like if you had information that would not have been traced back to you or put you at any risk and you didn't reveal it until well after the fact it's yeah probably don't have that information yeah so the police found no concrete evidence to link him to the murders supposedly he'd confessed but the police were wary of the confession because he was like known to be kind of like I don't know that they would have used the term at the time in the 60s, but he was mentally ill. I think they used the word deranged, so... Right. He (laughs) perhaps... It sounds like he was prone to delusions. So might have thought he'd done things he hadn't. I don't know, but he... They weren't... They were like, "Mm, you can confess to that, but we don't believe you. Mm -hmm. And Gilstrom drowned in Lake Bodum in 1969 mm. people suspect it was suicide sounds like so a strong suspect to be fair that's suspect number one suspect number two it's like you know in those dating blind dating shows <laughs> suspect number two if i were going on a holiday where would you take me just the lake and i'd murder you <laughs> exactly which again okay. is not funny this is a horrific but anyway well, we can laugh at this man, and here okay. is the name that you have permission to laugh at. Right. His name is Hans Assman. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and Hans. It's probably pronounced Assman. <laughs> it doesn't make it much better. But the ass is still very prominent after the Hans. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> Hans lived several kilometres. <laughs> <laughs> it's written under asman so it got me right hans lived several kilometers from lake bodum's shore Mm -hmm. and apparently he had an alibi for the night in question all right however he did present at a helsinki hospital with bloody clothing on the Hmm. morning of june 6th 1960 so i took myself off to google maps and i have found out that bodum to helsinki is 30 minutes drive Mm. so i think he might have done it guys that sounds a little like he's done it yeah yeah quite a lot like he did it yeah did he present that so he presented on the 6th but wasn't it the 5th that the bodies were found Yes, yeah, so they were found on Sunday the 5th mm. at 11. 
and he turned up on june the 6th but you know we don't know what his mental state might have been like he might have been like running around the woods or well you probably would be he might even they might have fought back and he might have had wounds like we don't know what he went to the hospital for true true yeah there was um god there's a well i was gonna tell a vague story about some murders that i believe happened in possibly hiroshima um there was a japanese family that was um slaughtered and it was a, a husband and a wife and two children um with a sashimi knife um and it's never been solved but um it was something like the next day a man who wasn't required to identify himself at a hospital um came in with like a sashimi knife wound in his hand um and it would just it was just the most obvious thing ever but because it hadn't got to the hospital because why would it that this murder case was currently fresh um they just treated him and he went on his way and they have no idea who he was so right yeah so um i think it might be similar but the police seemed like they weren't bothered Mm. about him um so i then was like who is this hands ass man yeah and so i decided to look into his history and boy did i have a good time so um ass man was german born and lived in finland in 1915 to 1960 Mm. he was allegedly a kgb spy Uh, and in 1997, he invited this police officer called um, Palo, Palo Aro to right. his house um, to tell him his life story. And he told him that he was in the SS, he was a guard at Auschwitz, and then he fell in love with a Jewish girl and dropped out of being a Nazi. But when Jesus they Christ. broke up, he went and fought on the Eastern Front, where he was captured by the Soviets and chose to become a spy for them. Blimey! Yeah. God, okay. Yeah, so Asman is also a suspect in two other unsolved (laughs) murder cases. Uh. So he's been a suspect in three, and one of them is like a famously unsolved, another famously unsolved Mm. Finnish murder case. Mm-hmm. So I know who my money's on. Yeah. Yeah. Like he's a bad guy because he was a Nazi. Yeah. And uh, clearly used to violence and most probably killings if he worked for both the SS and the KGB. Yeah. And he turned up in Helsinki <laughs> the next day covered in blood. Yeah, that really feels like something that unless like I know it's innocent until proven guilty, but if you turn up somewhere covered in blood, like where have you been? Oh, just at the lake, mad day. Then you're like, hmm, maybe this guy did the murders. Like unless he says, oh, I've been I in a horrible fight with a pig, you know, and I Here's managed to thing. knife the pig, but now it's blood's on me. In my mind, mm. as a police officer. Mm. Unless Hans Asman was in police custody <laughs> as his alibi, he's guilty, and I don't. Yeah. Know. And have they like, not revealed his alibi, his alibi? No, but his alibi must have been so strong mm. for them to not be like, "You definitely did this, Hans." Yeah. Like yeah. What? Let's think. Let's think what his alibi could have been. That was like I he could not the possibly. Only- the only thing I can think of was that he was under arrest and was <laughs> currently in police cells. And so they were like, no, it couldn't have been Hans because even though he lived there and turned up the next day covered in blood, he was in our cells all night. Yeah. Like, other than that, I just won't believe anyone else. Like, if he was at his friend's house playing chess all evening, he got he his did friend it. Yeah, to yeah, tell yeah. them that. Like, I just... <laughs> or unless it was like an alibi that also explained the blood. Like he and his butcher friend were stuck in the butcher's basement from <laughs> the morning of like the 4th to the morning of the 6th well, no, and they were like banging on everywhere to get out no but if like, it was then if 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 they got a call emergency services get a call on the morning of the 4th like holy crap me and my mate ass man are trapped in my meat yeah. basement which I is just... more sense i thought i'd ever say <laughs> like um, it's just 
I just, I just, I, I'm, no. Yeah, it seems. It bothers me. It points okay. in a particular direction. Yes. So, uh, this brings us on to our final suspect. Oh. Um, oh which, God. yeah. Uh, none other than Nils Gustafsson. <gasps> oh, yes, I've absolutely heard about this case before because I remember doing that before <laughs> now be quiet in this sorry, sorry. Part, all about how you've heard of it before no but i don't remember any details but okay go, go, well, go. that's fine then okay so in march 2004 mm. which you might remember the murder happened in 1960 mm-hmm. um gustafsson was arrested and in 2005 the finnish national bureau of investigation declared that the case was solved due to new forensic analysis. So according to the prosecution's interpretation of bloodstains, Gustafsson, and this is their tale, that Gustafsson was drunk, Mm. then had been excluded from the tent, and then he fought with Seppo and got his jaw injury. So like Seppo punched him in the face, Mm. um, which this fight then escalated to Gustafsson killing his three friends including his girlfriend so that was their theory um and that was just wait what was and that was based on some forensic evidence like they hadn't previously yeah i'll get on to the evidence so gustafsson's defense lawyer claimed that the murders couldn't be the work of one person um no (laughs) well yeah i suppose so they claimed that it would have to be one or more people mm. and it couldn't have been Gustafsson after he'd been punched in the face and had his jaw actually broken yeah. and his face broken because it would have been one broken punched face boy against three <laughs> non-broken punched faced people. Yeah, true. Like of one of whom presumably equaled him approximately in like strength, just given that yeah. he was also an 18-year-old boy. Yeah, so... That was their defence, was that he couldn't mm. have done it, first of all, by himself. Uh, and, yeah, that's the tea. Makes sense. Here's the evidence that they decided to drag it all up from, mm. by, with. I'm having a day. <laughs> um, so, the shoes mm. that were buried were Gustafsson's shoes, and the blood that, were, the, the blood that was on the shoes belonged to the three other teenagers but not Gustafsson okay yeah and so they said that the shoes were most likely worn by the killer Mm. and then hidden and they claim that because there was not Gustafsson's blood on the shoes he wore them and did the murdering and then went and hid them after doing okay I can see that but does that mean before um, Gustafsson came under suspicion because of this forensic evidence, had they previously gone, oh, um, so these shoes were buried, that's a bit weird. Maybe the killer wore them and then buried them. Because that would be very weird for anyone else to do, like for the killer to just turn up without shoes and then go, I guess I'll wear this boy's shoes. Yeah, I don't know. Can okay. tell you. I don't, I don't know why, unless, ooh, unless, no. I was going to say unless <laughs> the killer like had a good understanding of like police work where they like, look for footprints and judge by the footprint so they snuck up in bare feet but then like bare feet are more identifying than yeah. shoe feet so yeah. I don't know it's a bit weird um couldn't tell yet but the prosecution claimed that Gustafsson committed the murders mm. hid the shoes and the keys and everything further injured himself as in broke his own face bones and then mm. returned to the tent and pretended to be unconscious. They also claimed that the blonde man that the bird watching boys saw mm. was Gustafsson. Mm. And they also claimed that they had evidence, that's in quotes, mm. um, that Gustafsson had said to a woman, and in fact had bragged to a woman, that he'd done it. Okay. Now, I wouldn't say that bragging to a woman that you murdered your 15-year-old girlfriend is the best way to flirt. No. That's what they said he said. Okay. Um, But in 
uh, October, 7th of October, 2005, Gustafsson was acquitted of all charges mm. because the prosecution evidence was inconclusive and mm. they couldn't they couldn't establish a motive for yeah. such violence. Like, I can understand if he was drunk and the other guy was like, hey, get out of the tent and they fought and yeah. then they it ends there like no yeah, if it was happens. like aggravated assault it was like oh the other guy got a broken arm or something broken like nose. he knocked him out and it turned out to be a lot more severe than they thought or something like that it's complications then yeah but yeah but like stabbing people through a tent and yeah like, because just... that's effectively it seems like what they're accusing him of is a lot more of a crime of passion where he just snaps and is like oh, i hate you all but for that passion as it were to last through beating three of your loved ones to death seems extreme yeah i mean yeah he was acquitted so yeah um and he was paid forty four thousand nine hundred euros by the state of finland for mental suffering fair enough that must be horrific if he didn't do it, which presumably he didn't. Yeah. So, so as far as the state's concerned, he didn't. God. Oh, well. That kids. is the Lake Boredom murders. Still unsolved. unsolved. But I think I know who did it. Yeah. <laughs> Might just be the SS slash KGB guy who turned up covered in blood at a hospital the next day. <laughs> maybe. maybe. I couldn't possibly say. <laughs> or maybe it was one of the victims or a kiosk worker. But you know, it's just, mm, there's yeah. a little lean in a specific direction. Oh, yeah. God. So there we are. That's my information on Friday the 13th. Well, thank you for that. I'm um, particularly um, intrigued, obviously, also horrified but by the murders which i hadn't sort of heard about in detail in a while so it was good yeah. to learn about good to learn good oh good fun good mm, delicious no uh, no absolutely not not what i'm saying uh, <laughs> to clarify um yeah that's really interesting and i hadn't thought about i did not realize all that about um floors in particularly New York apartments and things, not wanting to be called 13 and all, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's. I found it pretty interesting stuff when I was looking it up. Yeah. I think because I, de- I don't hold any superstition around the date. Mm. And so to see how kind of deep it goes in some people's beliefs. Yeah. It's quite interesting. Really interesting. Yeah, well, thank you very much for that. I feel informed and invigorated. You are most welcome. Thank you so much for listening to the Other Martha's Podcast, the show where a drama student and a film graduate talk about things we wish we were qualified in instead. If you enjoyed today's episode, please do subscribe to our channel for more.